hey, hey, you, yeah, you listening to this podcast and pretending it's something more important like Pod Save America, you're going to have to make choices in this episode. Do you want to A, keep listening to this podcast or two, turn it off? Wait, 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 wait. Don't turn it off. Well, please, please don't turn. Okay, you're still listening. You have chosen wisely. Stay tuned. Good day and welcome to Writers Get Animated, a podcast about storytelling and animation um, and making choices based on free will, not predestination. Uh, (laughs) I'm Mackenzie Worrell. And I'm Chris Leva. Or am I Kathleen Turner? You choose. Kathleen Turner. Nope. I'm still Chris Leva. <laughs> I'm making a point about what we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah. So if you if you haven't heard, Netflix is releasing these. I know since I gave the homework time last time, I've not thought of a better word for them. <laughs> these choose your own adventure slash interactive story things on their service. Um, and depending where you watch them, they might look different. Right now, there are two possible things for you to watch. Puss in Books. Books. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Swedish Puss in Boots. Puss in Books. I could get Books at Ikea? <laughs> Puss in Books, colon, trapped in an epic tale. And Buddy Thunderstruck, the maybe pile. These are your choices. I chose both. Chris chose one. I chose one twice. <laughs> <laughs> so the, these are coming out of this era of like parents are giving young kids like an iPhone. Like I had to, I had to think about this. So backing up me trying to watch our own homework. Like, okay, I'm going to sit down on my Apple TV and play this because I have a touch remote. Obviously I can make choices and then, I'm watching Puss in Books and it's like making the choices for me and there's not like a timer. It's just like going through the episode. Um, and then I started watching it on my computer. Like maybe you have to click on it. It's a web interactive thing. No, 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 no. You don't click on these. Still can't do it through Netflix.com. So I had to look up how to watch these because apparently <laughs> I try to watch them like an adult and not a kid. And a kid is going to watch this on like a parent's iPhone waiting in the dentist's office lobby. Or on an iPad that, you know, that's uh, two generations behind that's, that they, that the parents let the kid use. Yeah. So you have to watch these on like a touch device. Okay. So do that and then you can make, well, you can watch them anywhere, but you're not going to be able to choose. You're just going to have like the air quotes best story told for you if you can't make choices. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did both. I, I first watched it on my phone and was like, oh, okay. So I got the benefit of that, getting the choice. And then I watched it on my TV and was like, oh, I guess I, guess I don't get to do anything. I, I guess this is just going to happen and that'll be it. So yeah. fine. So it's a different experience and it goes... I mean, having stories where you get to make a choice goes back to, at least in recent memory, for most people, 
to the choose your own adventure books. Like when people think about this concept of interactive storytelling, people always go back to the choose your own adventure books and the many knockoffs of the choose your own adventure books. So that book series itself is sold 250 million copies in the 80s and 90s. Those, I mean, they were big. I remember owning at least three. I checked a bunch out of the library as a kid and read through like dozens of these. And it was just like, there's something about, I don't want to say choosing your own adventure, but there's something about making that choice and wondering if you're making the choice right. And if you want to get through back into that experience of what it's like to read these choose your own adventure books, um, there's a podcast called The Hypotheticast where they have two episodes where they did choose their own adventures and they reason through it as characters, like trying to figure out what's the best choice and, and talk through making each of those decisions. So it's a really fun time to be like, oh yeah, now that we're thinking through things. Um, and the choose your own adventure books, much like Puss in Book or books, I think book. it's Puss, I think it's Book, Puss and Book. Um, it doesn't expect you to think too hard or reason through things. It gives you, it just wants you to make a choice and, and get some really fast, um, what is it? In instant gratification. Yeah. And like, it's, I think it's playing toward the kid who like gets this device handed to them while they're like trying to be entertained. And, like, they're just tapping on things on YouTube or the internet or through some, like, interactive website. It's it's instant gratification, and these interactive episodes have a way of, like, trying to replicate that, but tying the things together in sort of a story. And both of our examples do this very differently. Um, Puss in... I have to think about it. Puss in Books... <laughs> Or is it um, book? Is it just book? Is it book singular? I think, can we look that up okay, real quick? It up. I'm sorry, but <laughs> I feel silly, Blake. I thought I made the note and then I'm starting to second guess myself. I feel like it's Puss in Book. It is Puss in Book. Puss in Book trapped in an epic tale. Okay. Not that that's even better, but <clears throat> I'm just. It doesn't make it better. Um, so. <laughs> Puss in Book really is like a choose your own adventure. It kind of starts you off slow and then like the story branches off in multiple ways. Whereas Buddy Thunderstruck, the maybe pile, um, no matter what choice you make, you still get to make the same next choice for the most part. I think there's like one at the end that branches off. But it's mostly two different, two different choices that result in the same ending or the same next choice. Hmm. And I think they talked about this. I read an article, and we'll, we'll post this in our show notes, about having like a string of pearls and somehow getting to the same choice each time and, and advancing it in that way. And I guess if you're going to do an interactive story, here's some, I know we like to do our rules, and here are the questions that you have to ask when you do this, but is there a correct or better answer? Is there something that is right? 
is there a path that is the best path ever? Or are you, is there only a single path that you're taking people on and you're making it appear as if there are choices? I think you have to say, are they generally, um, no, I'm getting to the next rules, but is there a right answer that for people to choose? That's the first yeah. question. And is there, what kind of experience do you want the audience to have? Do you want them to feel like it's a puzzle to figure out to get to the right ending? Or do you want them to experience everything eventually, like a roulette show? Hmm. And then the next question is, do choices matter? So do the choices actually affect where the story goes? So if, are there four different versions of the story or there really, there's only one version of the story and your choices are useless. You know, we're going to, it doesn't matter what you choose. We're going to make you have the same ending no matter what. So you get to see something sillier over here, you know, but it really doesn't affect narrative <laughs> and where the story goes. Um, and I think those are the two main questions. Is there a right choice set of choices and two, well, and also the question you posed <laughs> too, but it's like, do these choices affect the story? So, Chris, in Puss and Book, do you feel like they do affect the story? No. <laughs> no, they don't. And it makes me angry. See, I feel like they do, because I saw you attached a diagram of all the paths. Yes. Which someone on the internet was so painstakingly made, and I got one ending and didn't realize there was a whole separate second ending. But I got, apparently, the secret ending? I Yeah, I, I don't know. I... There's a, there's a nice diagram. It was on the same article. So you guys will get this article when you go to the show notes. But they did this, and they also did a diagram of the Buddy Thunderstruck as well ah. in terms of the choices. Um, the Buddy Thunderstruck looked more straightforward. It's fairly straightforward, yeah. Than this one. But there are, in Puss and Book, there are two distinct endings. And Mackenzie, I can send you that article if you want to take a look at it um, to see the to see uh, what unless you found no, it I, I don't care that much I think I found it <laughs> yeah it's basically straightforward except for the end so it's you get to see that here's your choice between this and this and it looks a little bit like a family tree um, it, I mean it's definitely a flow chart <laughs> That's what it is. It's a flow chart. I will stop trying to like come up with the way it looks. It is a flow chart. And it starts off here in the story. The story of Puss in Book is that Puss, who also wears boots, <laughs> finds a treasure, beats some people up, finds a treasure. Inside that treasure is a book about himself. And he gets trapped in that book. So... Now there's an omniscient narrator who's telling him that you will have to make choices 
And the only way to get out of the book is to get to the end of the stories. And it sets up, great, you're going to have to make a choice. You will have to fight a god or fight a tree. And then that's the first choice you have to make. And then after that, it just like, or if you make this choice, you still end up over here. And when you look at it, it's like, oh, that choice means nothing because I end up with the same point. Yeah. And then you look at the next one, and I'm like, oh, but that choice is just going to take me over here too. So you should, I think, if you are if you're doing these interactive, fighting the god should not have the same resolution as fighting a tree. And yet they both end up in the same place, which is the experience you just had was meaningless. <laughs> because now we've wiped that all away and you're back to where you were before the choices. I'm fine with that for first one, though, especially for new medium, because it's kind of establishing the rule of like make a choice and then something happens. It's kind of okay. teaching the young kid what happens. Okay. In for, this instance, with this audience, that's fine. Okay, I'll grant you that. The first one, sure. Okay, I, I will. Here's how the world works. I understand that. Okay, fine. I agree. <laughs> yes, changing hearts and minds. But I think when you look at the diagram and you see that really there are only two endings, I think that just set that just says a little bit like that there's no short ending. They all get you through a full story. The Choose Your Own Adventures always had one ending that where your story was done in four pages and you were dead. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I know that you can't kill off puts in, Puss in Boots, you know, like that. But you can make it seem like that's the ending and roll credits or something, but then... Zap him Keep back going. somewhere. <laughs> but I think there's there's a way that you could have that where it's like, what? How did I choose that? And then zap yourself back. Because one of the best things was keeping your finger in the page, reading ahead, and going like, uh, what was the other choice? Like, turn to page 17 if you want to do this. Turn to page 54 if you want to do that. So... So do you feel like the story told in Puss in Book is a satisfying story? Is it a complete story? I guess. I mean, it's it's a full story about Puss trying to make his way out of this book. And somebody, and I, I guess you have to know the Puss in Boots. I don't know if it's the show? movie or the show on Netflix. Yeah. There's a lot of characters. This doesn't stand on its own. No. Uh, and it's like, wait a minute. All my friends are now my enemies in this book. And you're like, oh, you know who that is. Okay. Because I don't. You know, oh, that's a person. That's somebody else. It's, you're but not. Then the villain is also the villain still? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> the villain that ends up is. So it, it tells a complete story, whether that's an interesting or necessary story, I would say no. But it does tell a complete story with a beginning, a middle, and an end. 
And I, I think I never got to the other ending where you, there's one distinct thing, I guess, where they point you to, do you want to ride with pirates or do you want to go after the evil queen, I guess? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm looking at the diagram and that's where it blocks off and takes you to a different story entirely. And I never saw the second story. I only ever made it through, through my own choices, made it through the, the first story where we get to the ending. And then the, the pirate story or the evil queen story, evil queen story. Okay. That's the one I did too. You get to the evil queen story and you choose whether you want to do a kiss or a handshake, which both have the same ending, <laughs> no matter which one you choose. It's like, it's like, I will shake your hand. And she's like, no, I will kiss you. I'm like, oh. That's so then does he try to kiss her in the kiss one? Yeah. And then they, yeah. it's the same ending. It's the same thing. Okay. No, your choice is invalid. I'm going to kiss you anyway. But the other unsatisfying thing there is like, you want to be making choices in the eye of the character. Right. And in the kiss or handshake choice, like Puss even says, like, I have a stake here. I know what I want. Like, it's not making a choice for that character. He has his own volition to kind of do his own thing and ignore your choice ultimately. Right. And uh, maybe if we didn't see him in the decision making, I wonder if that would be more interesting. Yeah. If, because when it's like, you have a choice, do this or this. And then he's like, wait, I don't want to fight the giant. I want to fight the tree. That sounds more, you know, that sounds easier. I don't want to do this. Oh, please don't make me do this. And it becomes mm -hmm. like a briar patch situation of, yeah, I'm going to have you f fight this person. And so you go there <laughs> because the character's like, oh, no, please don't let me do that. So they're influencing your choice that way. When really I feel like it should be, all right, make your choice. And it's like, ooh, I think that's more interesting to say nothing about it, just to be plain. Like, if you do this, I, here's the other thing, is being presented with the problem and deciding what to do about that problem. Mm -hmm. This is choose which problem you want to have instead of choose your reaction to the problem. Yeah, but this is... Not that I'm trying to justify it. I also similarly don't like and have the same issues, but <laughs> I feel like this is more obviously aimed at, like, young, young kids and not, like, the choose-your-own-adventure, like, middle-aged kids. I know. Like, this is... The analogy I came up with is this story is aimed at young, young kids who don't need linear plot. They have transcended Aristotle and, like Satan, are cast down out of the linear plot world as they age older. Whew. Like, at the end of Puss in Book, we have, at one point in the Bartholomew ending, Puss in Boots asks, like, wait, last time I saw you, blah, 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 blah. What happened? And Bartholomew starts to explain. It cuts away. It says, and Puss in Boots is not paying attention. And Bartholomew asks, wait, are you just asking to be polite because you want to know? And Puss in Boots replies, politeness. 
which I think hits the core of the audience here. Like they don't care. This is not for an audience who cares about backstory. This is for an audience who wants to see like what happens and be able to touch things and make choices. True. I, I mean, I totally agree with that, but I wonder about, let's say, let, let me pose this a little differently then. So we keep everything the same. Puss still gets stuck in the book and the storyteller starts throwing problems and choices at him, but we hear footsteps and the ground shakes and the trees start shaking. And it's like, what are you going to do? And then one is stay where you are or hide in the tree. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> that feels like a character choice because you're deciding as the character, not what do you want to fight? This or this? It's, what are you going to do? We don't know what's coming. Then you can really toy with people. If he hides in a tree, it makes it really easy for the giant to see him. If he stays where he is, maybe the giant doesn't notice him. You know, you, yeah. have, you have an opportunity for something there. But if you show the problem and make a choice about the reaction to that problem, instead of, Choose behind the story that you want us to tell, because uh, we could go either way. Yeah, you make it more of it, because it's interactive story. It's a video game, essentially. You want to be the character. Yeah, it's and that's what the Choose Your Own Adventure stories were all about. It's like, hey, you've just built a robot. Do you want to, A, ask your parents how it works, or B, just start pushing buttons? Like... Like, which one are you going to choose? And that says everything about you as a person. And that's the other part um, that's a little bit different about these is you're making a decision for Puss and Boots when the Choose Your Own Adventures were all decisions based on you yourself. Mm -hmm. And it said, who am I to make this decision? And this, you're saying Puss and Boots should have should make this decision. So here's where I feel, and I'm, I'm eating my words here. Here's where I feel that Buddy Thunderstruck um, succeeds more than Puss in Book. <laughs> okay. If you're not familiar with Buddy Thunderstruck, it's a Netflix TV show for young kids who like things that are awesome and NASCAR uh, from the creators of Robot Chicken. Okay. It writes itself. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> Um, and I don't feel like I watched a couple episodes of the regular show and I don't feel like it's particularly engaging or original or had that much interesting going on. But here they, when presented with a Netflix saying, you must do this, they made some interesting choices and <laughs> developed a more interesting interactive thing. Um, and so you have uh, the two characters, Buddy and Darnell, driving around his race truck because it's a thing that happens. Mm -hmm. um, and the episode begins with this montage of them making spectacularly bad choices at awesome things to do and the bad results of them. Of like getting beat up and winding up at the hospital and like things on fire and the truck lodged in bad places. And they're like, man, we're known for being awesome and all of our awesome choices lately have been really bad. It's like we're out of awesome ideas. And so he starts suggesting things to do, and Buddy says, ah, put that one in the maybe pile. 
And Darnell responds, ah, the maybe pile. You know what? We got this whole bag. And he pulls up a paper bag full of paper slips of our maybe pile ideas. I bet one of these is awesome. And so the shtick of the maybe pile, choose your own adventure, is they pull out two slips at a time and decide which one is more awesome. Hmm. So you are presented with that character choice. It's also like, what do you want to do? But it's also like, here's the choice. You have these two things. What are you going to choose? And that eventually turns into like, oh, we have this problem. How are we going to solve it? Uh, let's take two choices out of the maybe pile. And you choose which one to deal with the problem. Hmm. So it's a little more character driven and it's a more satisfying rules to the story that it's like an evil narrator has trapped you in a book and you get to make choices this is rooted in their character of like we have this pile of maybe awesome ideas <laughs> so that i liked and but it is like no diagram needed like fairly straightforward every choice takes you back to the same next choice until the end hmm but i i think if Maybe it was just the narrator concept. I don't, or, or I, I, I want to feel that it's not my implicit bias against Shrek that caused me <laughs> to not like it. I want to, I want to believe that that's true. I didn't like it either as a casual fan of Shrek. Okay, because I'm like, maybe it's Shrek that you know. I'm like, no, no, I hope not. But it's, I, I feel like I wasn't having fun in making the choices and. It was, I think when we get to the three bears, when he was Goldilocks and three bears, the fact there were a couple things that showed me that I really didn't matter in this or that my choices were not, not going to have any real effect or, or something. One choice was, so he gets to go into the Goldilocks story. And he puts, they plop on the Goldilocks wig and he takes it off and puts on his hat. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Leave the wig on. Yeah. You're going to be in this story. Puss in Boots says, JK, I'm going to be me in this story. It's like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll grant that. But then it's like the, the bears <laughs> got home. Here's the choice. The bears are nice. The bears are angry. And it's like, no, that choice is that choice is changing the situation. I don't want to change the situation. I want to make a choice about me being in the situation. Now, if if you said, you know, to challenge them to a fight or to play dead, if they play dead and then the baby they turn out to like run away and do their interpretive dances or do something else. That's one thing. And if he chooses to fight, maybe he scares them. Maybe they try to do something else. But it's like, no, make the choice about the character in the moment and not about the thing that's about to happen, which is mm -hmm. just, I think. And those were two main ones where I was like, what? Yeah. What, 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 what am I? Why? For me, like. I agree with that, and I, I feel like Buddy Thunderstruck ultimately makes fun of that at one of their choices. Because they pull out two things in the pile that are stuck together with gum. Like, here are two choices. Jump Coyote Creek from the north, or jump Coyote Creek from the north blindfolded. 
It's like ultimately <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> no, that's funny. <laughs> it's just this meta moment of like, you're going to wind up at the same spot. Do you want a blindfold involved? <laughs> See, that that is fine. Show me. I, I don't mind seeing the strings, you know, because in the end, I I understand that it's a lot like the Jungle Crow, Cruise in Disneyland. It feels like the guy is driving, but there's a rail underneath that the... <laughs> He's not really turning away from certain things. He's taking us on a very specific journey on a track. I've seen it. Okay. I know how it works. <laughs> but still, there's something character-wise about the situations and the characters' reactions in the situations that make a predestined trip like that feel fun and inevitable. So... Speaking of which, I think the Jungle Cruise would make a really nice interactive thing. If we can convince Disney to make an interactive story for Netflix. Yeah. Or is that what they're doing with their own streaming service? Hmm. Mm. Food for thought. I know that Dwayne The Rock Johnson is going to be in a live action Jungle Cruise movie. So, What movie will Dwayne The Rock Johnson not be in? Like, let's be honest. Is there is there a cutoff? Is there something that's too low even for him? I don't know. Maybe, maybe we could ask Siri. I see what you did there. Yep. I don't approve of it. <laughs> <sighs> maybe Apple can create an interactive story about Siri. Like... Siri works this time. Siri doesn't work this work this time. You know, like what would happen? Siri heard you say this, or maybe Siri heard you say this. Click on which one you want. Click. Well, oh no! It wouldn't, it wouldn't be click. It would be tap on which one you want. Obviously. You're, obviously, I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> I apologize. I apologize for using the wrong convention. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> oh, go ahead. I was going to say, do we have any final thoughts on interactive stories and how these stories, what uh, we have to look you, forward to? If you're curious, try it out. Um, Netflix is making at least one more of these with Stretch Armstrong in 2018. Um, and if people use these and interact with them, then they're going to keep making more. So I guess it's up to you after you try one. Is it worth trying both? I don't know. The choice is up to you. Sorry. Okay. You I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Chris, did you find a favorite thing? I think my favorite thing, it's it's really small and it's dumb. But um, so in Puss in Book, you're forced to fight this god. Well, you're not forced, but I chose to fight the god and... You fight the god and Puss like gets his wheel of electricity and it's not electrified. And then Puss like rubs up against it and generates electricity on on the wheel again. And then it, it just charges it back up. I thought that was really funny and dumb, but funny. 
I also had a, a one-liner from Puss in Books. So even though we didn't like this one as much, there's some one-liners in it. I think Puss is fighting somebody, and they're shouting, You're pathetic. You should just go live in a barn and catch mice. And Puss responds, How did you know my retirement plans? <laughs> that, so, that, that was pretty funny. I'm down with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I did smile through parts of it, so... Yeah, there's some cute bits, and there's a lot of it that doesn't make sense and makes you just question why you're sitting through it. But Many things have redeeming qualities. <laughs> it's up to you to choose if the redeeming qualities, in fact, redeem it. <laughs> in your eyes. In your eyes. For your homework... We are going to be looking at the art of dance. So dance in animation and how you get something to be accurate, like how dance looks accurate. And we're going to look like, how do you make it look like people are actually dancing and what techniques are there? So we're going to look at two examples. One is recent. One is a little bit more from the past. So we're going to be looking at leap exclamation point. Um, the film formerly known as ballerina in other countries, France, France mainly. So leap exclamation point, which we were going to talk about a long time ago, but for some reason it got pushed back, which is something we'll talk about. <laughs> and then you can also watch it's the flash beagle, Charlie Brown. Um, which just find it somewhere. I think we had to get it for the library, <laughs> but I'm sure you can find it on some sort of peanuts. Uh, what is that anthology? Mm. So look for it. So leap and flash beagle for next time for your homework. So as always, we want to say thank you to Nigel Coutinho, our engineer, and thank you to Jacob Reed for our theme music. Um, if you want to talk to us on Twitter, you can find us at WG Animated and tweet at us um, two or more choices of things we can make that are rooted in our characters, and we will gladly tweet back with our, our resolution to that. Um, <laughs> keep it clean, question mark. Um, you can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash WG Animated. I'm skipping one. And find all of our show notes and links and things like that on writersgetanimated.tumblr.com. Now, the choice is up to you. Having listened to this episode, will you, one, go back and listen to another great episode, or two, listen to Chris say his catchphrase? Good night, everybody. We made the choice for you. That's how we roll. <laughs>